Yo, I put it like wow. This that sound. These oaks don't work hard like me. I hope they know by now. Bail, bail. Stand my ground. Throw these money trees go overseas like Percy Tau. I'll make sure you stay around. Quiet when I'm under loud. No negatives allowed. Me positivity took a vow. I always play to win. Don't anticipate loss. Mind always in the clown, my boy. Never think about the drop. Never, ever, ever think about the drop. Welcome to it, sports fans. It is the MKT show. It is the last day of February in 2022. Um, so that's all over. I mean, if you believe in the month of love, I don't know if love ends now. I'm not too sure how that whole thing works. Because people say it's a month of love. It's real for some people, not for that, for others. Um, I fall somewhere in between. We need love. Doesn't need a special month. But whatever. How do you buy more stuff and justify it if we don't have a holiday? That's just made up. For you to buy more stuff. That's what it is, you know? Let's go out and buy more stuff. It'll, uh, it'll fix my, my relationship. It won't. It will not fix your relationship. Um, buying, buying your girlfriend a nicer car. If you're a terrible human. Doesn't actually do anything. But, you know, let the charade go on. Anyway, so it's all over now. I don't know what March is. Is March anything? Um, the, the month of something else? I would, I don't know what January is. Uh, February, we've decided is a month of love. And now we head into March. We march on. As they say, we march on. A nice day in Kansas City today. Uh, about 15 degrees centigrade. So out here, it seems like for summer, that I mean for winter, that's crazy. Um, so people are out in shorts and, and shirts. So good for them. Good for them. Went onto the student campus, uh, saw the KU basketball facilities. Very, very nice. You can see why they're successful. Um, superb, superb staff, by the way. That, that, that's where it's at. you got to have the guys in the trenches um, who are not looking for glory, by the way. They are not looking for glory. They just want to get the job done. So that's awesome. Uh, everybody there, it feels very professional. I mean, we've all been to places where immediately you walk in there, a restaurant, um, sports teams, a meeting, and you can just feel it's like, ah, oh, this place is all over the place. Nope, not at this place. Uh, buttoned up. You know, everybody's hard at work. Um, everybody's where they need to be. It didn't feel like uh, people are just freestyling out there there's there's clearly everybody's at work in the trenches as i say uh, while the superstars go and do their thing i mean it is march madness here and they they got to get going right uh, but you walk through those halls and if you haven't played sport before it's difficult to tell you what it takes to win a trophy and that doesn't matter whether it's under 10 um or professional nba uh premier league you know when you see a trophy is it actually doesn't do justice to what you got to do to win that trophy. And there's a lot of them at KU basketball, by the way. Kansas City Jayhawks basketball is, they are the Real Madrid of American basketball. Just outrageous. And you think every single championship, whether it's a um, sort of a conference championship or national championships, you think to yourself, blood, sweat and tears. And, and quite literally, because... You, you know, I know there's very serious people out there. You know, oh, there's more serious things in sport. Uh, to you, maybe. 
to you maybe, you know, to some of us, sport is, and to me, I should speak for myself, sport is as serious as it gets. It's a serious business with lots of money. If your job is serious to you, then this is as serious to me. So whatever you think is serious, football for me, rugby, NBA, is that serious. So you're probably listening to the wrong show if, you, if you're like a hoity-toity intellectual because I'm not that. And I love sport. And this is the top level. It was awesome to see it. And to get a good look on the inside and you go, uh, we were really fortunate to speak to um, Dr. Phil, uh, not the Oprah version, but also this guy's a Dr. Phil, two doctorates, doctor in psychology and philosophy. And he did look like a philosopher. He had a philosopher's beard. But he spoke of the process and uh, he's sort of a, one of the, the counselors and he, he runs the, the sort of counseling for students and international uh, students onboarding them. And he, he's got a tremendous job. And it was really interesting to him, hear him talk and articulate uh, the Kansas City, the Jayhawk way. The Jayhawk way. What was interesting, I got to speak to a few coaches. And, and obviously they could speak about their trophies. They could speak about their trophies because that stuff's all there. Not one person mentioned trophies. That was very, very telling for me being here at KU State, uh, excuse me, uh, Kansas uh, University. And by the way, that's two different teams. They blew out uh, K, uh, Kansas State by a lot, by a lot. Scored triple figures the other day in the big rivalry game. Sunflower game, they called it. It was a blowout. Kansas City Jayhawks are the guys. But nobody spoke about the trophies. And I, I, it sounds quite simple. But usually that's what people talk about. If you talk to Manchester United fans or you talk to Liverpool fans, like, like what do people always go to? Trophies. And what it told me was, no, no, we expect to win here. Nobody has to talk about the trophies. We, we expect that to happen. That's a given. You come here, the trophies are a given. But a lot of the stuff we spoke about today with coaches, by the way, basketball coaches. So academic people who are employed to win basketball matches, but it was about the process and character, and that was repeated over and over, and that was two two different coaches. And then we went to Dr. Phil, and not once did he mention, because he works in the sports side of mentoring, by the way, and the, his mentorship is for international students, but it's for other students as well. And he spoke about character, and he spoke about what you can do for people and how it's changed people's lives. This is all we spoke about. And was really, really telling to me. It's like, oh, okay. These people, these people have the process right. There's talent everywhere. Of course, there's lots of money here. It's America. So there's, there's resources everywhere. Right? But they've got the culture right. Where even their own staff is not mentioning the trophies. Because that's very, very easy to do. Look what's happened at Arsenal. Look what's happened at Man United. Is You start to fall in love with yourself. And I mean, ironically, the coaches, coach self, who apparently drills it into them. That it's about consistency. Do it over and over and over again. Those little things. Uh, the Japanese say you take care of the little things. The big things tend to take care of themselves. And hey, Kansas City Jayhawks. And by the way, they're not preaching it. I was in there. I saw it. I felt it from the staff. It's very easy to lie on Instagram, social media. But when you got a cook in like that, and I've been here for a week now, so it's not like... It's just a few people pretending. Everybody here talks about the culture. 
what it takes to be a Kansas City Jayhawk, especially on the basketball side. We expect to win, but you have to be somebody who we can speak of as a man, as a woman. That was awesome. They care about the character. And, I mean, it's easy to put on the show maybe three, four times. They didn't know we were coming today. Everybody speaks about the culture. And it's it's up on the wall everywhere. We will post it up on social media. But they do have a, a pyramid of accountability. Very, very interesting. And uh, there's a Venn diagram where culture plays a big part there, which I look forward to sharing with you. So Kansas City Jayhawks, it's been a... It's been an awesome experience. We've got two more days here. We'll see what we can get. Uh, look out for an interview with a uh, a South African athlete who is at Kansas State University. I'm looking forward to bringing her to you and uh, seeing what it's been like for her. Because it's it's easy for me to, to sit here and say, oh, it must be awesome. You, you know what I mean? It must be awesome. And people think, oh, they're in America. It must be a treat. <laughs> Listen, everybody thinks winning's easy. Everybody thinks winning's easy. You don't just get to hang out at this university. Not if you're in the sports department. Elite people want to be with elite people. I'm sorry. It's just how it is. I've been around losers. And I've been around winners. I know what it takes. Losers don't last very long around winners. Because it gets too hot. It gets too hot. It gets too hot. Because winners put constant pressure on. Winners don't fall in love with themselves. They achieve something, on to the next thing. Achieve something, on to the next thing. The famous uh, quotes from uh, the great Sir Alex Ferguson or what? He said back in the day, Ryan Giggs, Paul Scholes, Rhea Ferdinand, as soon as they'd won the title in the dressing room as the champagne is being poured, the great ones are coming to him and saying, who are we signing for next season? There's a reason the Kansas City Jayhawks are what they are. Because I went in there, I saw the trophies. Nobody spoke about trophies. They spoke about culture. I'm like, what do, you, what do you mean? What do you mean culture? And then I saw why Coach Self, Bill Self, is this guy. Why Kansas City Jayhawks are these guys. Winning's expected. Will you do more? That's what they ask you here. And n- not everybody wants to do more. Which is why certain people can win a title every five, six years. But this is a winning factory. This is a winner's factory. Yeah, it's, it's the winner's circle. And not everybody wants to be here, and I can understand it. There's an intensity in that, in that building that I cannot translate to you over a microphone. There is an intensity in that basketball building, and it starts with the staff. Fantastic to meet those coaches and young men and women uh, that are the backbone that allow the Kansas City Jayhawks to be in the top five uh, in the NCAA uh, ratings for 20. 22. Hey, the big dance starts next week. It is, of course, uh, the, it'll, it'll be the Big 12 tournament, and then they will move into uh, the Sweet 16, is what you're hoping for. And then, of course, March Madness begins in earnest. Looking forward to that. Speaking of which, by the way, if you didn't see on the weekend, if you're not into the basketball uh, like I am, th- it, it was historic on Saturday. Um, the top six university basketball teams all lost. I thought Arizona um, would go and win, but that result came in late. But everybody else lost, in, in, including the Jayhawks, by the way. They went to Baylor. It was tough. Uh, they were off. But maybe maybe what they needed, you know, just to light a fire under their backsides to say, hey, let's step it up. It's time to deliver. Uh, so all top six 
all of the top six lost on Saturday. Historic day in NCAA basketball history. Very, very cool. And that's great, right? Great stories. And March is truly going to be mad if this is the way it's going to start. James Harden, Joel Embiid, by the way, is uh, Philadelphia 76ers. Now, I don't know if Joel is just trolling uh, Ben Simmons, but there was a really interesting interview with him. They asked him, hey, what was it like playing with James Harden? Obviously, they had their first dance together. (laughs) And Joel said, well, it was really awesome. It's the most wide open I've ever been in my life. Now, if you are Ben Simmons, that's got to hurt a little bit. I mean... The Nets are having problems with uh, Ben Simmons, but w- whatever. He's gone now. But Joel, clearly, it burns him the way Ben Simmons behaved. Because I would imagine with Joel, he'll tell you, I've been the guy for two years. Now, Joel's had to look after his health and get better. And this seems to be the season where he's in the best shape he's ever been in. So I don't know who spoke to Joel, but he is looking in incredible shape. Hasn't been injured. He's been available this season. And all of the interviews have been about him and everything he tried to do for Ben Simmons. So that that be that way sometimes. Sometimes it be that way. But for, for Joel to go and say, it's the most wide open I've ever been. Listen, in basketball, what that tells you is that they didn't fear Ben Simmons. For those who don't know, Ben Simmons has the yips. Ben Simmons has the yips. And he, he has statistically not improved since he came into the league. Superb defensive player. But the NBA is about offense now. You need three guys that can put the ball in the basket at an elite level. And Joel says, hey, I'm already elite. I just need another guy. Now, James Harden is one of the most elite scorers of all time. Is he the James Harden of three, four years ago? We don't know. We'll find out. But Joel is saying, okay, they got to respect him. That leaves me at best two-on-one, one-on-one. I mean, two-on-one is basically open for Joel. He's he's the size of a, a gorilla. He's massive, that guy. And he's got touch. And by the way, if you touch him, he goes to the free throw line. He's hitting it, he's hitting it at that 85, 90% click. He's unstoppable. But now you have to respect James and him. And now you ca- you cannot just... Because, listen, Joel Downhill, unstoppable. You're going to have to foul him. You're going to have to foul him or meet him at the rim. I don't know if you want that kind of posterization for yourself. And listen, the internet is unforgiving now. These young kids care what's on the internet. Now to have James from deep? Oh, well. So nice to see that that's a, it's a good start. I, I still have reservations, but I will hold those because I love Joel Embiid. I have reservations. Can they go all the way, James Harden? Mm, let's see. Let's see if James can play his way into shape because <laughs> he is carrying a spare tire out front. And that worries me. That worries me. I, I've always had a rule in sport. You cannot play your way into shape. At the top level. At some stage, if you are not fit at the beginning of the season, it will come back to bite you. If you don't burn out, you'll get injured. Because in the playoffs, which is where James has always fallen short, because he's never been a gym rat when it starts to matter and the tank is empty. And remember, he dribbles. He's got the highest usage along with Russell Westbrook in the league. Then there's no more. There aren't those reserves. Will that affect Joel uh, going in? Because, listen, people know. Late in the playoffs, James, we don't know if it's psychological. We know about the physicality stuff, right? He's had his problems 
is the nightlife affecting him? Maybe he settles down in Philadelphia. Maybe the, the nightlife isn't quite booming like it was in Houston. Maybe it wasn't like New York. Let's see if he settles down. I hope for his sake and for Joel's sake and the 76ers' sake that the nightlife demons don't catch up with the brilliant, enigmatic James Harden who had a jacket which which looked like he got it from a street urchin. On the night he rang a bell, myself and Ryan Tiddleline were there and his jacket looked like he he left the other half of the jacket at the shop. Uh, but listen, drippers forever. Maybe I just don't understand it. Speaking of drippers forever, if you haven't checked out our VW podcast, please go and do that. Um, this week, Paddy Upton. Go and listen to episode three, Paddy Upton. Absolute banger of an episode. If you are, if you're looking for elite performance, I highly recommend chatting to Paddy Upton. He's dealt with people like Gary Kirsten, Raul Dravid, Sachin Tendulkar. These are the type, Kane Williamson. These are the kinds of people that have gone to Paddy Upton. And now Siabelo Sinatra seeked him out. He sought this man, found him, and you'll hear the story of how Siabelo had to approach Paddy, and eventually they got it together. It's a wonderful story. But in this week's episode, and it's episode three, it's about half an hour long. I actually loved listening again. Um, but Paddy talks about how to convert your promise of talent into results because talent's not that interesting actually when you get to that level everybody's talented everybody's talented but what happens when the big moment comes well ask ben simmons ask these guys ask the proteas what happens when the big moment comes patty upton delivers some absolute gems uh, vw know your power podcast so you can find that of course on our platform uh, the mktshow.com. By the way, we have a website. Or you can go to Spotify or wherever you find your podcast. Know Your Power podcast, proudly brought to you uh, by us, of course, and um, the VW Amarok. So you can go and check that out. Siabelo Sinatla, um, absolutely fantastic guy. By the way, megastar, that guy. You'd never know it. So go and check that out. Give us a rating if you are listening on Spotify. Otherwise, uh, wherever you listen, uh, please do give it a listen and give it five stars. It's brilliant. Paddy Upton uh, talks about the promise of delivering on your talent and making sure that becomes results. Because ultimately, that's what's interesting at the elite level. I'm not talking about Montessori, you know, or your little ones. Listen, we, we, we all get to choose different paths in life. Right? And if you want to win, it's a results business. It's a results business. And within those results are human beings. How do we put human beings in the best place to win? Well, Paddy Upton has some things to say, which I think are useful to all of us, by the way. You want to win at work? Because also, not everybody can go and play sevens rugby like Sierra and be the best in the world. You can be the best at your sales job, though. If you're in sales, it's applicable what Paddy has to say. Performance is replicable. There's a model, there's a blueprint, but you've got to keep an eye on yourself and you've got to measure it. So Paddy Upton has plenty to say. Go and listen to the VW Know Your Power podcast, which I love. I love it. Very cool. Uh, we've still got two more to do, by the way. So looking forward to uh, delivering those to you. Uh, but if you go to uh, Spotify, you can find uh, Know Your Power podcast. And all of the episodes are available uh, now, by the way, I think up to episode eight. But this week, I highly recommend, especially if you have young men and women. Uh, in my country, South Africa, is we're obviously moving into... 
listen, winter sports dominate where I'm from. Uh, as much as I, I do like polo, I think it's a cool sport, but it's rugby season coming up now. Come on. We, we know what's what. You and I know what's what. And I have um, I got a really interesting message from somebody. Um, and I'll interact with this person regarding rugby and what it means in, in my country. It got me thinking, this message from somebody, about what the rugby means within the South African landscape. So that's very, very cool. Or not, by the way. Because in order for people to win, the thing about sport, it is zero-sum. Life is not zero-sum. We can all win in life. But on the sports field, there has to be winners, there has to be losers. There's only 15 places, there's only 11 places, there's only 10 places, there's only 6 places, there's only 5 places. And it's how you deal with that. It's how you deal with that. We live in the results-based industry that is called sport. It's very, very clear. It's what's nice about sport. You can talk all you want. In the end, can you deliver? Joel Embiid, um, James Harden, Siabela Sinatra, they've all done it. They've all done it. So Paddy Upton wants to put people in positions to win. Interesting guy, super interesting guy. I mean, when you've worked with Raul Dravid, Kane Williamson, Sachin Tenduka, Sebola Sanatla, just for, to name a few, by the way, just to name a few. There are others that he's worked with, but those are my word. And they called him. Keep in mind, Paddy Upton, the first fitness trainer that ever existed in cricket. First fitness trainer. The great Bob Wilmer, uh, of course, an innovator in his time, sought him out. And back then, by the way, South African cricket team, fittest team in the world, but by a mile. Not even the Australians had that. Australians had the front tyre, by the way. You remember Alan Border and that lot. They loved to be a Merv Hughes, Shane Warne. They were just bloody good. They were just bloody good. But Paddy Upton, awesome. So uh, Know Your Power podcast. Let us know what you think of it, by the way. At MKT Inspires uh, on social media or the MKT Show. Um, what do you think of the Know Your Power podcast? Let us know. Love to know. Your thoughts. All right. What are we talking about today? I will have where I was right, where I was wrong tomorrow. But today, obviously, the big news, the League Cup. Uh, congratulations to Liverpool. I was right there, by the way. And then VAR and Everton. Everton are an interesting thing, aren't they? Such an interesting situation there. I'll give you my thoughts on Everton, that handball, Rodri's handball, them blaming VAR. I mean, there's an inquisition now. Uh, what are we doing? All right, let's start off with the League Cup. Um, you know, I don't know where you live or how you're living right now, but my business is largely social media driven, which means young, generally people hire young people. Although users of social media are between 45 and 60, which is interesting. But the League Cup yesterday, um, obviously penalties. There's been a fallout. It is what it is. It is what it is. Um, but nowadays, cool, trendy, young. Because people just care about how many views and clicks, right? So people want to be cool and trendy and ultimately popular. And I know this sounds crazy, but cool, trendy, popular doesn't mean you're winning. Just because something is good doesn't mean it's good for you. And I know there's a correlative disjunct there with young people. 
It's why um, Dr. Hanan, if you don't listen to um, Gareth Cliff's podcast, but he said something really interesting and he simplified it for something that I've always believed. I just didn't know how to articulate it. He said when you're a baby or when you're young, you'll eat something and if it tastes good, your mind says it is good. But as you get older, you know you can't have sweets for breakfast. Like at 12, you don't know the difference between it tastes good and it is good. But you can't be 25, you know what I mean? Having sugar for breakfast. Like at some stage, grow up. No. We know that. We know you should, you should limit that. But it, you gotta get a little bit older to know that, oh, okay, wait. Just because it's good, it doesn't mean it's good for me. If you're 11, you don't have that neurological capacity yet. So cool, trendy, young, popular, feels like it's winning. Because it really strikes to the part of you, it's like, yeah, that's cool. I said the coolest thing, or whatever it may be. But the reality is, grown-ups still run the companies that matter. Grown-ups win in the end, in the long run. You want to win, doesn't matter, it's sport, business. Be a grown-up. Cool, trendy, young. You know, you win the moment. You win a viral moment. That's awesome. But grown-ups win championships. No matter what company you're at. Generally, the 40-year-old sales guy, girl wins. Consistency is king. And if you don't believe me, Elon Musk is 50. Branson's 71. Jack Dorsey's 45. There aren't these... There aren't 28-year-olds... That are your influences. It's not how life works. It's not. And I know, I know like young people are, what's the, what's the new thing now? Okay, boomer. Well, it's not that new, but th- th- that's like the cool thing to say, right? I still see Elon Musk winning. Branson's still winning. Jack Dorsey, whether you like him or hate him, Twitter's still winning. Right? Microsoft, how old are those guys? 60, 70, still winning. The investment companies in the world, they run by 50 and 60-year-old guys and girls. I don't see any 28-year-olds starting billion-dollar companies. It's not happening. Don't, don't fool yourself. Do you want to win or do you want to be popular and cool? Popular and cool does not mean you're a winner, by the way. Popular is often actually a good indicator that you're, you're leaning in a certain direction. Long-term... It's because you're popular. doesn't mean you're the best. Chelsea Football Club, cool, young, popular, right? But they're all under 25. Pulisic, Havertz, Mount, James. And I've said it since the beginning of the season. I thought they'd come second, and I still think it's on. But ultimately, you saw the difference. Because in Pulisic, Havertz, Mount, James, they're all under the age of 25. They're kids. They're kids. And you have to give kids time to develop, right? In life, is... Kids are inconsistent. They are. I've been 25. I want to be cool. I want to pander to my friends. I want to know what everyone else is thinking. I don't believe in the blueprint at 25. They don't. 23, 24, 25, 26. Anything below 30, people are still always worried about what are people thinking. You know the blueprint, though. You know what you got to do to deliver. But young kids, anxiety, it happens by the way, that's where Chelsea are. Pulisic, Havertz, Mount, Reese James, all under the age of 25. No surprise that they lost. Liverpool have uh, Mane, Salah, Fabinho, 
Virgil van Dijk, Robertson, Milner. Those are grown men. And you might say, yeah, they took them all the way. All of that. Listen, Mount and Pulisic missed three chances that should have made it 3-1, maybe 3-2. Because Sadio Mane misses, I'd say, certainly one sitter. That cross from um, Trent Alexander-Arnold isn't exactly a sitter, but a guy of Mane's level should finish that. And it's 3-1, 3-2 at best. Because Mount is through one-on-one, Pulisic's through one-on-one, and so is Mount twice, by the way. Those are certified one-on-one chances that should have been finished. But again, they're young. I, I expect Chelsea to be inconsistent. I said at the beginning of the year. Chelsea have won three cups with Thomas Tuchel, and it's no surprise that they're not going to come close in the league. Because cups don't tell you where your team are. They don't. Champions League is meaningless. It's it's the third most difficult trophy to win in, in European football. The Premier League by a mile, La Liga next, and then the Champions League. I'd even argue the FA Cup is probably harder to win. But La Liga, Premier League, and then the Champions League. Cups don't tell you where your team is. The league, 38 games, home, away, it's a grind. Monday night, Wednesday night, can you churn it out? Liverpool's got grown men. And ultimately, they were off yesterday. Liverpool were off yesterday. But they still managed, grind it out, put the pressure on the young kids, and eventually... Kepa Aritha Bala. Chelsea won three cups with Tuchel and zero titles. No surprise there. No surprise there. To win consistently, you need men. Stop worrying about cool and popular. And I know, because it's so hard for young kids to not see Pulisic and all these cool Instagram kids and go, Chelsea should be winning. That's not how it works. Man City's got grown men. Those are grown men who are ready to win. Bayern Munich, grown men. No children there. You can sprinkle in one or two. You can't have... And I mean, Pulisic, Havertz, Mount, and Reese James are all the superstars, by the way. That's Chelsea are built on that house. That, that's who's supposed to deliver. Mo Salah, Sadio Mane. Come on now. Come on now. You see who's still rocking. Lewandowski, how old's he? Well into his 30s. Benzema, how old's he? Well into his 30s. That's who you build the team on. Not a 25-year-old, 24-year-old kid. It's not how it works. Cups, Yes. Not, not, not for everything. And cups are a gamble, as young people are, which is okay. And I think it's it's a seminal moment for Chelsea. Will they have the patience? Because you need to wait for two or three more years and have these kids grow together to really kick it onto the next level. Next, this season will be frustrating. Next season will be frustrating, and then you've got twenty-four, twenty-five-year-old men that are ready to go. Don't let the Champions League fool you. Listen, Roberto Di Matteo did this as well. And listen, that was a slightly different Chelsea team. But cups are not a good indicator of where you are. They're not. It's a seminal moment for Chelsea. Will they have the patience to let these kids grow? Three out of five trophies, not bad. Tuchel, bit of a genius, actually. If Chelsea want to win, they've got to get one or two more grown-ups. And Romelu Lukaku is not a grown-up. He's not a grown-up. Gabriel Jesus is a grown-up, more of a grown-up than Romelu Lukaku. Bernardo Silva, grown-up. Ruben Diaz, grown-up. T- we talking Kyle Walker, grown-up. Zinchenko, grown-up. There's very little leadership at Chelsea. Thiago Silva is the only certified leader at Chelsea. 
I like Aspilicueta, but he's probably a bigger Chelsea legend than he is a genuine leader. When, when I say leadership, by the way, go and look up the original Chelsea side, where they had Ivanovic and John Terry and Ricky Carvalho and Ashley Cole and Peter Cech and Mikhail Balak and Didier Drogba and Frank Lampard, Ian Robin. These are leaders of their country, by the way. Yeah, Terry, who was a captain, Carvalho, a captain at a stage. Peter Cech was the captain, Czech Republic. Branislav Ivanovic uh, was the captain for Serbia. Ashley Cole, multiple captain at times, uh, captain at Arsenal, has worn the English armband. So you, you had certified grown men. Michael Essien has led the Black Stars uh, of Ghana. Claude Makelele, a leader in that French generation. So you had leaders within the dressing room. Chelsea are developing those. And really, Thiago Silva is the only thoroughbred leader in that team. I don't care how talented you are. Talent's useless if you've got no leaders. Rudiger's not a leader. He's a baller. Chelsea need one or two grown-ups. Like real grown-ups, though. You need a Lewandowski who's, who gives it direction. Because you need emotional leadership as well. You, you don't just win on talent. What happens when you're not playing well? Character. Young, listen, if you're young, you haven't been through life, you have nothing to fall back on. That's not a criticism to young people. That's just how life goes. How do you know to, how to deal with a difficult situation if you've never been in a difficult situation? Because it's easy enough in a book on Instagram. But when your mom's sick and your boss is angry and your girlfriend leaves you, it's very easy to read it on Instagram or listen to inspirational speakers. But when it happens to you, it's a different kettle of fish. And this Chelsea team just hasn't been through enough to come through a game like yesterday. Because they really should have walked that game. It was a character thing. And Liverpool in the end, congratulations to them. Because they are grown men with a grown man leader. And plenty of leadership. Virgil van Dijk, Robertson, Milner, Fabinho, Mane, Salah. It's a great, listen, it's a great group with a great leader. Jurgen Klopp is a great leader. Whether you like Liverpool or not, put your hate aside. Congratulate them. I said that one yesterday because I said they're more desperate. It's the end of their cycle and they're at their peak. At their peak. Listen, they found a way. Winners win. Winners win. And I'm a Chelsea fan. It makes me sad. But I did say Chelsea will lose yesterday. And I was right. Actually, they pushed Liverpool far more than I thought they would. Liverpool were really off yesterday. But that was a winner's grind. That was a winner's grind. And listen, stop focusing on cool, on trendy, based on character. And that's what that win for Liverpool yesterday was a character win. Because they were whew, they were getting slapped around, especially at the end of the first half and beginning of the second half. So congratulations to the Reds of Liverpool. And to Chelsea fans, stay patient. It's the only thing you can do. There's too much invested in this team now to break it up. Who's going who's gonna to pay Pulisic? Because you want to sell Pulisic now, he's going to cost $100 million. And listen, his performances may not be worth it, but he's the face of American soccer. Right? He, he has a commercial value, maybe greater than anybody in world football right now. I like Kylian Mbappe, but he, you know he's pretty parochial. He's, he's a European superstar. Christian Pulisic is an American superstar. It is the biggest consumer market in the world. And you've seen what the football numbers are doing here, or the soccer numbers. Christian Pulisic, you, you can't move him. Chelsea, relax. You pay him his next contract. He's a valuable asset. 
if he doesn't work out of the next two or three years, you'll still get your 70, 80 million just because he's a commercial asset. I'm not as sold on the Christian Pulisic hype as everyone else. Because I haven't seen it and the injuries concern me. I have to tell you that. And I, I know one thing. Injured young is injured old. I've, I've yet to see a footballer who was injury prone young and became a 30, 35 uh, league game uh, player late in his career. I don't see it with Pulisic. I hope I'm wrong, but he's an injury machine. And we haven't seen the best of him because he's never available. He's never available. And that's very, very concerning to me. So congratulations, Liverpool. Congratulations, Jurgen Klopp. Nice guy. Nice guy. I can't hate on him. All right, let's go to, let's finish off on this Everton handball. I mean, you know what? I've, I've had a pretty good life. I've got to be honest with you. All right. I've, I've had a pretty good life because I, I have really, really great family. There's no other reason. No, I've, I've had a good life because I have a great family. Got bumpy a little bit in my 20s. But one thing I've learned as I've gotten older in my late 20s and in my 30s is that the, the times when I don't take full control of situations, good and bad, is when I got problems. I have problems all the time. And I know when I don't take full control of situations is when I am least happy. But I've got a message which may not resonate with everybody. But I think when you fail, you have to learn, learn to own it. All right. But l- own all of it. Not some of it. Like we, we all like to own some of it. I failed a lot in the last year. A heck of a lot. And I own all of it because I didn't control the other people. I didn't control my emotions. You have to take control of situations. When people show you who they are, believe them. Get rid of them. Find a way to get to a positive circle. But when you do fail, it's nobody else's fault. I mean, listen, barring you growing up in a Taliban sect somewhere, right? Like, that's the only reason I'm ever going to say. But if you grow up like I grew up, middle class, you know, your parents, like my parents are great, not emotionally abusive, food in the fridge, you know what I mean? Unless you are part of the, like, 2-3% of clinically depressed people on the planet, when you fail, own all of it. Just own all of it. It's like if you've got resources like I've got and I've had my whole life and support. And when you fail, just own all of it. And you don't need to announce it to the world. Just own all of it because it's painful. It's terrible. Nobody likes to fail. But when you fail, it's your fault. It's absolutely your fault. And listen, it's tough. I don't know if people listen to this podcast with kids. If you do, God bless you or whatever people say. But um, maybe you shouldn't be listening to this with kids because it's quite a harsh message, you know? Because most people don't like to hear that. And I didn't realize that, but my father's always raised me that way. So I don't really get too emotional around failure because I'm just like, oh, where did I mess up? And I've got to go look at it in a dark corner, get emotional on my own, and then you fix it. Because nothing else is interesting after you fail, by the way. Because either you fix it or you don't. You, you can You can choose to fix things when you fail or not. Either way is okay. Either way is okay. Because we all have to live with two, dis- with two pains in life, right? The pain of disappointment, 
right? Or the pain of discipline. And discipline means you own everything in your life, not some of the things, and it's my mom's fault, and it's my boss's fault, and it's, there is no one else who will affect your trajectory if you own all of it and you're disciplined. Now that's painful. Or the other pain is disappointment. You know, because you, you allow everyone to control your situation. Either way, it's fine. Listen, let me tell you something. Everton are headed for relegation, right? Because of nobody else but themselves. No empire in the world collapses from the outside. Everton are a mess because of themselves. You're not in a relegation trouble because of one bad handball decision by Rodri. It's a handball, yes. We all saw that. It was a handball. I don't know what VAR are doing. They've come out and admit now that after looking at it, it was a mistake. It was a penalty. But can we stop with the madness of saying, oh, Everton are going to get relegated and this is the reason? No. Why Everton are going to get relegated is you've made horrendous decisions over three years, right? And you've ended up with Frank Lampard as your manager, who nearly got Chelsea relegated, by the way, after spending £250 million. Everton's problems are not the referees. Richarlison missed two easy chances. He scores those. It's 2-0, by the way. Though That was a 2-0. You, you take it to 2-0, and now Man City on big problems. It's not the ref's fault. It's not the ref's fault. It's Everton's fault. What are you doing with Frank Lampard as your manager? He's a Chelsea legend. I love Frank Lampard. But just because somebody's a good girlfriend does not make them a great wife. Just because somebody's a great boyfriend does not make them a great husband. This 1950s idea of falling in love with great players and thinking they'll be great managers is insanity. Being a manager now, we know, is a full-time job. You've got to do a university degree style learning to be a great... You've you got to have your PhD as a manager. So this idea that Frank Lampard's going to walk in here and save Everton is absolute madness. Listen, VAR is a mess, Right. We all know that. What is Frank Lampard doing in a struggling side? Frank Lampard's still learning how to be a manager. And now you want to put the pressure of survival football on a guy who's still learning. Folks, Frank Lampard as a grown-up manager is in his second year. The Chelsea year last year is a write-off. It doesn't count. But he was he was drowning as soon as uh, Ziyech and all these superstars came in. He was drowning. You could tell. Uh, Lampard was nowhere near it. Lampard was a terrible call. That's Everton's fault. And I want to hear more Everton people own it fully to say the last three years has been Everton's fault. No one. Rodri's handball is meaningless in the greater scheme. And if, if you get relegated, by the way, it'll be uh, the first time they've ever been relegated from the big leagues. If they get relegated, I want to hear Everton fans say, it's our fault. Because that's life. That's grown-up life. And in grown-up sport, over 38 games, you are what you are. Folks, Everton are 24 games in now, in a 38 game season. Stop telling me it's the ref's fault. You're 17th. You are what you are. It's got nothing to do with refs. It has nothing to do with Rodri on the weekend. That's Everton's fault. If your life is stable and you have resources and you have support and you don't have clinical depression, no matter where you are in life, just pause for a moment. Stop blaming everyone else. No, it's not your three girlfriends who broke up with you. Four, three, please. I come from a home of divorce. So I'm very comfortable about talking about awkward situations. 
what I love about my both my parents is they own it. They both own it. They're like, ah, didn't work because I was like this. I was like that. You know? Very rarely is anybody the devil's spawn. Those people exist. They're rare. They are rare. What did you do? And what did Everton do to put themselves in this situation? Can we stop with the pity party? It was a bad decision. It happens to everybody. Get over yourselves. I mean, Keita should have been a red card for Chelsea. I don't want to cry about it. Chelsea should have scored three goals. In psychology, they call it a locus of control. Ever heard that term? You have to exercise a locus of control. And the more you exercise that, generally, if you want to be a high achiever, right, everything's your fault, essentially. If you exercise a high level of locus of control, you take more responsibility for all the decisions you make. You prepare better. Everything's on you. Everton sound like a 15-year-old, don't they? Whinging about the ref and that, and it's everyone else. No, you've, you've spent... 300 million pounds to end up with Frank Lampard as your manager and 17th place after 24 games. In the last three years, they spent 300 million pounds to be worse than they've ever been. No, 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 no. That's not Stockley Park's fault. That's Everton's fault. I don't mind a bad decision here and there. VAR is a mess. I've always said it won't change because it's still human opinion. Like a lot of it is still based on human opinion. Wasn't going to change anything. Bad decisions all over the place in world sport. But Everton, it is your fault. I'm sorry. Like, I have no time for it. I have no time for complaining and whinging. It's what I love about sport. You can say what you want, but generally don't the same teams tend to win? In the end. It's it's been what? Man United, Chelsea, Liverpool... That's who wins. Man City. Real Madrid. Right? Bayern Munich. You can say what you want about the officials and this and that. The best teams always win. Best run teams, grown-ups, they win. Say what you will about Man United. It's Alex Ferguson. Surprise, surprise. They scored in the last minute. I don't want to hear Everton fans... I don't hear any fans. Right? It was a bad decision, yes. And we are rightly going to say, ah. Oh. But okay, let's zoom out a little bit. Everton, you are where you are because of yourselves. Frank Lampard as the manager is hysterical FC, by the way, for the project you're building. Frank Lampard nearly got Chelsea relegated. He, I, I watched it happen. We were headed for relegation if Thomas Tuchel didn't come in. So... There you have it. Love to know what you guys think. What do you think of the Chelsea squad? What do you think of Liverpool winning? How long will Jürgen stay, by the way? Because that's an interesting question for me. I think it's Jürgen's last season. But how long, how much more does he have to give the fans of Liverpool and the Merseyside? It'll be very, very interesting uh, to see how that all works out for him. And if you're an Everton fan or or you saw that Man City game, because you might be a Liverpool fan going, oh, I can't believe it. That's two points. What are your thoughts? What are your thoughts? Because I have no empathy for Everton. It was a terrible decision. It was a terrible decision. But ultimately, we live with those because they're a part of the, the ecosystem. Refs aren't perfect. It's human beings. Human beings are flawed. It was a shocker, yes. It was a shocker. But these things happen, and you learn to live with it. 
And I, I want Everton fans to take full responsibility as I try and do in my own life. So I'd love to know what you think. Um, sh- what do we do? Should we be able to turn over the decision afterwards? And what do you do? Go and take the penalty? Make it 1-1? Because he might have missed the penalty, by the way. People just think, <laughs> as we saw, penalties can be missed. So very, very interesting. Frank Lampard, it's weird that he came out and spoke the way he did. And listen, I think he's learning fast. It's cool that you're a legendary footballer means nothing to billionaires. You will get sacked. And fans don't care. Listen, fans will care for about 15 minutes. Chelsea fans turned on Lampard, by the way, as a manager. So I think he's finding out very, very fast. Nobody cares, Frank. Nobody cares what you did as a player. Get it done as a manager. All right, love to know what you think. We are in Kansas, and it's interesting out here because it's 15 degrees today after it was minus 15 two days ago. So it's 15 degrees Celsius. It was minus 15 two days ago. That is the kind of weather swing you're dealing with here. Absolutely incredible. Look out for a Kansas City Jayhawk athlete interview um, later this week or next week. We'll see when it comes out. Um, we are in Kansas for one last day. We will uh, we'll be in Kansas tomorrow and then on Wednesday we will head out to a new destination. So look out for that as well. Uh, remember, look out for the Know Your Power podcast. Uh, please do go and like, share and subscribe um, to that as well on wherever you get your podcasts. And myself, Siabella Sinatla, this week, go and check out the Paddy Upton um, podcast. That's episode number three. Uh, really looking forward to sharing that with you. And, I, and I'd love to hear from you. What do you think of Paddy Upton? I love Siabello and he he's allowed us um, to hang, kind of hang out with him and people who know him as well. It's not just people that are going to say yes sir, no sir, three bags, four sir, because he's a superstar. Probably doesn't hear the word no very often, but these guys will call him out. And it's quite cool to hear that because it comes out on the podcast as well. These are people who know him. They're, like, they're not mucking about. You know, It's not people hanging around for money or for clout. These are people who know him and they want the best for him. And we've seen... If you want the best for people, you've got to hold them accountable as they do themselves. So Know Your Power podcast, proudly brought to you by VW Amarok and the MKT Show. Go and check that out. Uh, the MKTShow.com is the easiest place to access it. And then it'll take you through to um, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts and you can listen to those episodes. Uh, please do give it a five-star rating as well as this uh, show. It's called The MKT Show. My name is MKT. And for now, I am the hell out of here.